0: The best laid plans of mice and men, you know, all of the efforts that we put into building our online business that we talk about here on gray matters, all of that comes to naught if we don't make sure that we pay close attention to the single most important business aspect. And that is revenue. How do we make money? In this online game, there's a variety of different ways, so many that it's almost it's almost intimidating to broach the topic. But if you don't have a revenue plan that works, that's successful, that you can build on, you don't have a business. So today on Grey Matters, let's you and I discuss the art of income. Steve Dotto here. How the heck are you doing this fine day? Welcome to Grey Matters, the podcast for those of us in the grey zone. What is the grey zone? Primarily baby boomers and Gen X, those of us sporting a touch of grey. We're interested in finding our place in the digital age. On this podcast, we will learn about online marketing, community building, social networking, all from our perspective. The world's changing. The job market is not interested in us anymore. We're facing the prospect of a reluctant retirement and that is not cool. We need a side hustle to take our experience and put it to work for us. We need to develop mad skills, adapt and evolve in order to remain relevant in the digital age. I can help, this podcast can help. I'm glad you found us. I tell you, one thing that is driving me more than a little bit crazy in the online space these days is this concept of influencer marketing. You've heard of it and if you haven't heard of it uh, and you don't have an opinion on it, I will share with you now what it is and help you form an opinion. And Your opinion by the time I'm done with this explanation will undoubtedly completely align with my opinion. So the whole concept of influencer marketing is the brands are looking for people who have social media reach. They're YouTubers or Instagrammers or Twitterers. Do we call them Twitterers? I'm not sure what we call them. Uh, But they're people who have a social presence and people who follow them and like them. Brands have been approaching these people saying, will you promote my product will you promote our services will, and there is an exchange it's it, it's 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 a form of sponsorship it's is influencer marketing i guess it's been around forever but it's really grown into prominence and it came into sharp focus for many of us it came into sharp focus uh, what is it a year and a bit ago with the fire festival the disaster the colossal screw up that was the fire festival where Instagramers, high-profile high, high profile Instagram influencers were swayed by a snake oil salesman to promote a concert on a island, a tropical island that they were taking over the entire island for this amazing experience. And they were sharing that they were going to this on their, primarily this was an Instagram play, and they were paid large sums of money to talk about this on Instagram and their fans and their followers were completely taken in by it and people bought tickets to this event and were totally taken advantage of it was a disaster a colossal disaster there's some terrific uh, documentaries on Netflix uh, about it if you want to know more it's 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 a fascinating journey into online and marketing and social marketing darkness this it, it showcases all of the worst that is our business but it's a but it is a reality and influencer marketing is 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 right at the core of this kind of this darkness this rot that is in social media now I don't want you to think for a second that I don't think it's important for you and for I to form and establish influence in our community I mean the very fact that that you're listening to this podcast right now means that I am having some influence over you so I am an, an influ- I am an influencer to you and that is a sought after position it's a trusted position it's one that we should not take lightly um but monetizing that position has is has been seen as i think in a lot of cases a a fast track to riches so influencers are doing all sorts of kind of questionable not kind of totally questionable activities to build the illusion of their influence. Real influence versus faux influence, there's a big difference. We're seeing Instagram uh, Instagram influencers inflating their numbers with fake followers. We see the same thing happening in Twitter. We see people, their, their numbers, their likes, their engagement uh, is manufactured to create the illusion that they have a massive following so that they can approach XYZ companies saying, I'm an influencer and you should be paying me to promote your product. It's a it's a total hustle that is going on and it's been going on for quite some time and I find it uh, I find it frustrating because I guess I've made my whole career as a legitimate influencer. Back in the days when we did our TV show, people wanted me to be talking about their product. I was that was the value proposition that we brought forward and we had a forum to deliver that product on on television. Let me see if I can put into context for you why I have such a visceral reaction to influencer marketing and why I'm spending so much time at the start of our Income podcast talking about it because it is relevant, it's something that we see happening all around us and it is a bastardization of the history of of online marketing or of, of advertising and sponsored content. Back when I did my TV show, that was my gig. I was I guess an influencer marketer. I had a television show, a property that I had a reach with that I could that I could say to brands, I reach this many people on a weekly basis. I had a positive influence on that community. I was the person who was the spokesperson for the product. So I could I would go and I would sell sponsorship every every summer was sponsorship season for us at Dotto Tech. I would go to Toronto and I would sell to the brands and to the people like Adobe and Microsoft and Apple and Hewlett Packard and Epson. I would go and sell to these companies and to, and to advertising agencies. And I would say our TV show is going to be on these channels at this time. And we would like to promote these products on the show. And would you give me this much money to do that? And it was a, it was, I got to admit it was a, it, every year in the summertime I was full of anxiety because I never knew if we were going to have the sponsorship income we needed for our next season. Now, fortunately for us, for sixteen consecutive years, we had the money that we needed in order to do our show, but it was touch and go sometimes, and it was a hard slog, and it was something that I had to constantly protect my reputation for. And uh, and the numbers were all verified; they were legitimate numbers. We were pulling numbers from the B- Broadcast Bureau, the Bureau of Broadcast Measurements, the BBMs, and 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 that sort of stuff. So we we could give verifiable numbers. When I see what's happened with that with that space in today with what's happening with influencer marketing, it frankly offends me a little bit that people are getting fake followers and going out and getting money and kind of earning their living the way that I historically earn my living that I worked so hard for without ever taking shortcuts. I'm feeling a little bit more personally attached to to the scenario than I probably should. Having said all of that, if we talk about creating income in the social space with the sort of building a platform that we're talking about having a youtube channel or a podcast writing a blog creating valuable content teaching people if we're talking about our options for income the sponsorship income or influencer income is a part of that equation. Now it's not the only part of that equation. Depending on the type of social business that you build, there's many different types of income that you can earn. You can earn consulting income, you can earn speaking income, you can earn sponsorship and advertising revenue, you can earn affiliate revenue. There's a lot of different revenue models that you can that you can and should be looking at. Influencer income is one big part of that. I just wanted to get it out and kind of get it off my chest to get things started but let's let's talk about let's talk about from a positive nature now let's let's get off Steve's rant about influencer income although we will return to it a little bit more as we as we go along. But let's talk about how you can put in place a revenue plan that's gonna work for you. And it's not something that I intend for you to obsess on, but it's something that should always be in the back of your mind as you're building your online business, as you're building your social platform. So I think that we should all consider having at least three different revenue sources attached to our social marketing efforts. Um, my dad always taught me that a tripod was one of the most stable structures and so I've always myself thought that I should have at least three revenue streams in order to in, in order to feel comfortable. And let's kind of go through them and talk about their value and talk about where they're positioned uh, in the social space. And we can start with, we can go back and we can start with the whole influencer and the sponsorship side. So if you are creating a podcast uh, like I am here, if you have a YouTube channel, certainly. If you have an Instagram following to a lesser extent, you have the opportunity to go out and, ask for sponsorship ask for people to give you money based on the reach that you have to your community if you'll promote their product to your community and that is historically a pretty solid business model i mean it's it's certainly the way i made my way my li- way that i made my living for the better part of two decades but i think that that model has been a bit broken and it's been a bit abused but there is a modification of that model that does work for us, and that is the entire affiliate marketing side. Now affiliate marketing, surprisingly for a lot of us, has kind of a negative connotation because we've been in the past kind of swamped by less than ethical affiliate marketers that are just kind of sending out links and trying to get us to buy almost anything and have absolutely no vested interest in the products that they're selling and promoting. But there's a whole other side of affiliate marketing, which I engage in now, that I think is a great way to bridge that gap between sponsorship, influencer marketing, and affiliate marketing. And here's how it works. If you have a product that you like, something that you feel strongly about that you can bring value to your community on. And it doesn't matter whether it's, for me, it's it's typically a piece of software. It's a tool that I use that I like and I support, I believe in the company, and I can tell the story to you about how well it works. If when we find those products, and often they will have affiliate revenue that you can attach to them. Now, affiliate marketing is just simply me having an account with, their, with, a, with a service that tracks the influence that I have over my community through a link. So I share a link for XYZ product. If you look at that product and purchase that product and click on that link as you are as you are on that journey to purchase that product, well the accounting software takes over, credits that sale to me and then I'm compensated in some way for that for that purchase. It's a beautiful, simple, clean relationship. And Here's the beauty of it for people like us that are thinking about creating or are creating online presence. If you are going out and selling sponsorship on an ongoing basis, you're doing what I did every summer. You're going out and selling campaign by campaign and between each campaign you have a period of fear where you don't know where the money is coming from for your next quarter and you also spend a tremendous amount of your energy selling your concept, selling your business to potential sponsors. If you set up an affiliate relationship, with a, with a company, once you're through the initial setup, getting to know the company, getting signed up as an affiliate, putting your business in place with them, there's almost never a need to renew or renegotiate the contract, it just continues on. Because as long as you provide value for that vendor, they're going to be happy with you. And they track it, it's all based on real numbers because they know exactly how much you're selling and you earn more money as you do a better job for them. So if you think about a podcast like this, if I wanted to sponsor this podcast, I could go out and I could pitch a company to give me $500 an episode or $1,000 an episode or $50 an episode and negotiate it and then have to constantly go back and renegotiate with them or with others when each contract period ended. Or I could have an affiliate relationship with a really good company. For example, in my case, uh, one company that you probably know I have a good relationship with is the learning management tool Thinkific. I could just say to you, and I'm not, uh, this isn't, I don't at this point have this podcast sponsored it's not designed for revenue generation yet but as it grows i will undoubtedly be adding some sponsorship messages so there's a time in the not too distant future that you might hear me say this week's podcast is brought to you by thinkific my learning management tool of choice and me go on into a read and drive you to or suggest a link that you can go to which is my affiliate link for thinkific and if you then purchased it i would then be compensated and i can do that on an Ongoing basis without ever going back to Thinkific because they're already in a relationship with me and I'm just promoting the product here on the show. That to me is a real win-win situation because not only do you provide good value to your customers to your to your listeners because these are these are products that you actually endorse, you provide value to the vendor because you are representing their product in the best light to a warm audience that is engaged and will possibly be interested in their services. and You can add value to your community by teaching them more about the product which is very much the way that we do our business here at DottoTech, teaching you more and more about how different products work and how they fit in your life. So you're basically moving the ball downfield in every aspect and the best part? is you don't spend cycles selling your wares to multiple companies. You're not spending all of your time in sales trying to get new sponsors on board and crafting your show, not for the betterment of your listeners, but crafting it so that it's appealing to sponsors, which is a terrible place to be when you're creating any content. I don't care if you're creating a blog post, YouTube content, a podcast. If you're creating any content and you're thinking about what the advertisers think when you create it, you're not servicing your community to the best way that you should be. So I love the concept of sponsorship through affiliate marketing for almost all of our online efforts as we start to monetize. This works tremendously well for podcasts, it works tremendously well for YouTube content, and it works tremendously well for blog post content. So there you've got what I think is kind of the lowest hanging fruit as far as creating income in the art of income. First one is to create passive revenue that ongoing builds over time and through affiliate revenue you can do that. When I talk to you about having multiple pillars of revenue, I mean we've talked about setting up affiliate revenue or to a certain extent sponsorship revenue but affiliate revenue as the first pillar. The second pillar that you can consider as you start to build your community out and build your social presence out is a straight up advertising opportunity. One of the beauties of uh, publishing on YouTube is the ability for you to be running ads, generic ads on your YouTube content. And this also is the same concept as running ads in your blog post or even having ads inserted into a podcast that are coming from the outside from ad services. So for YouTube, it's and for YouTube and for the website, uh, the most popular service is called AdSense, where you sign up for an AdSense account. It's hosted by Google. Uh, once you're approved on that account, you can put a little bit of code on your webpage that will serve ads to your website, and that is a that is a kind of a long-standing traditional way of. Uh, generating revenue from your written content. That AdSense relationship extends into YouTube and once your YouTube channel reaches a point of having a thousand subscribers and I think it's, I'm not too sure what the the watch time is, but once your YouTube channel becomes a a going concern as far as having a reasonable number of followers and a reasonable amount of watch time, you can then opt in on having ads served on your YouTube channel as well. And those ads will typically run as pre-roll ads before. You've all seen them, the ads that you can click past. Some of them are fixed length ads. They also have in, in intermittent ads that roll within your content or all those overlay ads that pop up over the t- bottom of the video. All of those are different revenue opportunities that you have within YouTube and, and, and can be attached. Now the amount of money that you make is not enormous in those particular cases. We are paid based on a cost per thousand views of your video and the revenue per 1000 views will be anything from a couple of dollars per 1000 to maybe 15 or 16 dollars per 1000 but most people fall in the 4 to 5 per thousand view range. So if you think about your videos, if you have 100,000 views on your video per month, which is a pretty healthy YouTube channel, let's say that 75% of those are monetized, are ones that YouTube actually places ads on. Let me just do the math here. So that would be 75,000 ads and let's say that you're getting $3 per thousand in revenue. So you're making $3 times 75 because it's 75,000, which is, are you ready for this? So you're sitting down, it's $225. You're not going to get rich. But when you start getting a million views and if your content is a valuable to a higher valued community, so your cost per thousand, you know, if you have a a more well healed community, I make much more than three or $4 per thousand views, because my viewers are baby boomers who have more money and advertisers are more willing to spend money on, you can generate some reasonable income into the thousands of dollars per month or even more off of your ad revenue. Once again, we don't put all of our eggs in one basket, but ad revenue, be it on your blog post, be it on your podcast, be it on your YouTube channel, is another pillar that you can rely on of ongoing revenue as you're creating content. All of this, all of these options are based on you constantly creating content and generating ongoing revenue from the creation of that content. Now, the third place that I believe that you can be starting to earn revenue is building your is leveraging your own platform, and this is far more hands-on as far as revenue goes. It's a lot more work, uh, but ultimately it also represents a far larger paycheck at the end of the day. Now, what do I mean by leveraging your own platform? Well, this is the case where if you are, say, a consultant, you're posting content into a vertical market with the intent of introducing your expertise to somebody who will then hire you as a consultant or as somebody to work, do some piecework for them, which you then charge your day rate. Speakers, for example, beginning booking and speaking engagements would be, this would be falling in, in, under their building their platform as a way for them to generate additional revenue, or if you are selling out your own. Online courses or selling your own ebook. You have a product that you want to sell, that you want to move people to, and you're using your content creation engine to generate awareness which will ultimately lead to a sale. Now in some cases you're going to have to have fairly sophisticated infrastructure in the back end. You're going to have to have a distribution system for an online course and a hosting system for an online course or you're going to have to have created an ebook or a physical book that you sell perhaps through Amazon or you're going to or in other cases it's quite simple infrastructure which is just come to my website, there's a contact form there, reach out to me if you want to hire me as a speaker or as a as a consultant and then you negotiate that deal, each deal, independently. So this is far more hands on as far as revenue all of the revenue models that i've talked about up to now are considered to be a type of passive revenue where you create your content initially put it out there in the wild and over time it grows and it builds and and you have a you have a nice steady growth path of revenue this is far more active revenue where you're actually closing deals you're actually booking that speaking engagement or booking that consulting contract or booking that coaching client uh, so it's far more hands on but your content creation efforts, fill your pipeline with potential clients, and then you've got systems in place to serve those clients. If you look at those now, we've kind of covered three great areas of generating income on an ongoing basis using your content creation skills. We've looked at affiliate revenue, we've looked at advertising revenue, and we've looked at active revenue coming from our own activities. Now, I wouldn't want you to think that there are only three Revenue models. We've talked about three that are near and dear to my heart here, but there are so many others. You could be selling your own product. They could be. You could be merchandising products that are related to your content. You could be selling other entire products using Amazon's uh, FOB services, where you ship products to Amazon and have them f- fulfill those products in sales. And you could be writing reviews and creating supporting content and doing marketing for those products. There are lots of other ways that your content engine can support income. It's your job to find the ones that resonate with you, that you're comfortable with and determining what balance you want between that passive revenue that's coming in on an ongoing basis such as the ad revenue and the affiliate revenue and the active revenue where you're actually spending time and trading dollars for hours as a consultant, as a coach, as a speaker Uh, or the more episodic income where you're creating content that you sell, such as an online course or a book. All of these different models have different strengths and different challenges attached to them. But getting the right balance and making sure that you are dedicating enough energy to each of these pillars is the art that you need to establish in order to build your content marketing engine. I hope that you found that valuable. I hope that you've, that this opened your eyes to some ideas. I'm, I'm deep in the weeds on this topic right now because I've been working on a course on affiliate marketing. So you, you definitely hear me speaking a lot about that. And some of our other podcasts in this, uh, in this time frame around this, around this episode number are about affiliate marketing as I'm interviewing different guests and preparing the final content for the course. But I'm really passionate about this. There is a real. Sense of fulfillment. If you've come from a, if you're converting over from a job where people give you a paycheck, and you suddenly start opening up uh, reports from your different affiliate relationships or advertising relationships or you see PayPal revenue coming in from your product sales when you start recognizing that independent of somebody else you are earning revenue that's coming into your coming into your venture yourself that is a very very good day i get i still get a charge every time i get a paypal notification pinging on my phone telling me somebody has purchased a product Before we wrap things up today, a few administrative details I'd like to share with you. Now, I love to hear your comments and suggestions on the podcast, but to be honest, podcasting platforms suck for conversations. So I encourage you to drop by the blog post that we create for this podcast at dottotech.com slash grey18, that's G-R-E-Y 18, and there we have a comment section that you can share your thoughts with me. I'd love to hear what you'd like to learn more about, your experiences in as you develop your own online presence that is the place to engage in conversations. And as well, any links from any of the podcast episodes will be shared on the blog post as well. So once again, DottoTech.com forward slash Gray18, that is the place to go to come and give comments on the podcast. That wraps things up for this week. Till next time, I'm Steve Dotto. Have fun storming a castle.